Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Locked On NHL. If you need more hockey news every day, then Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories in game recaps on Locked On NHL. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, June 28th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Just got verified over the weekend, by the way. Not a big deal. Make sure to give it a follow. Or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can go leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your one-stop shop for everything regarding the Chicago Blackhawks. And over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, the news just keeps getting worse and worse and worse with this organization. For those of you who aren't aware about what's going on with uh, the current lawsuit that the Blackhawks and former video coach Brad Aldrich find themselves facing, uh, you could probably blame the media for that because somehow not enough people know about the situation. I was actually uh, in downtown Chicago with a couple of my buddies this weekend, both of whom, may I add, are all over social media. They both have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, you name it, they got it. But to my astonishment this weekend, two of my buddies, neither of them knew what was going on with the Chicago Blackhawks in the past few weeks. No idea who Brad Aldrich was, no idea of this entire scenario. It completely blew my mind. Uh, And I actually saw a tweet from Steve Dangle over the weekend that I related to Uh, as well. And the one thing that he said that that really connected to me was, this is a billion dollar organization that's under question for sexually assaulting one of their professional players. It's insane that um, CNN or, or Fox or, you know, another big media company hasn't covered this yet. But what's even more ridiculous actually is how the Blackhawks and the NHL are handling this matter. No comment yet from the Blackhawks so far, and the NHL basically said, uh, it's up to the organization to figure it out, which, great, I mean, you know, it's not like they made this an enormous disaster in the first place or anything, um, whatever, but I'm going to get into all of that stuff here on the show tomorrow, because I actually am having an episode drop early in the morning where the sole focus of that conversation will be on the lawsuit and the latest updates we got this weekend about the situation. Um, But just to warn those of you who are going to be listening, and also for those of you who aren't quite updated with everything that's going on, because apparently it's more people than I thought. Um, But just a fair warning, 
tomorrow's episode, it's not going to be an easy conversation to listen to. Hell, it wasn't an easy conversation to talk about, even with someone else. Fortunately, I had uh, Jay Forster from Lockdown Blue Jackets sit down with me once again. Jay's been uh, a regular guest here on the show recently. We had a two-parter episode drop last week where we talked about Seth Jones, and then he actually reached out to me this weekend to see if I needed someone to talk about this with on the show, which I really appreciate because it's tough to talk about that situation by myself for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, It would be a lot easier just to bounce ideas and everything back and forth with another person. So I really appreciate Jay for uh, offering that up to me. And I also just wanted to give a fair warning about tomorrow's episode because uh, it could get a little heated and intense based on some of these disgusting updates uh, regarding the situation as of late. But what I wanted to open the show with here today, ladies and gentlemen, is also some tragic news coming from the top of the Blackhawks organization. As last Wednesday, the Chicago Blackhawks announced that the 2021-2022 season will be the last for broadcaster Pat Foley, the Hall of Fame play-by-play man. His contract will be expiring at the end of next season, which will be his 39th year with the Blackhawks organization. He was here from uh, 1980 to 2006, had that 26-year run, and then, of course, kind of controversially left for a couple years when the Blackhawks were in those dark dark stages, um, only to return a a few years later after the organization really went on the upswing and... um, really rebuilt what they had in Chicago in those early parts of the 2000s. But sadly, next year, ladies and gentlemen, will be the last for Pat Foley. I think everyone, every Blackhawks fan out there, all of their favorite memories with this team, Foley's usually the one with his voice to it, calling the game. Um, there, There are just some crazy... When I think back over, you know, all, all the runs the Blackhawks have had and the crazy regular season moments, um, it, it's it's insane to think that Pat's days in the Blackhawks broad, broadcast booth are coming to an end. 39 years, they wouldn't even let him get to his 40th. Um, I don't know. It, it's a weird situation. I'm going to get more into it in a couple minutes. I actually had a question asked from one of the listeners as part of the Mailbag Monday segment, so I'm going to tie that in in just a few minutes. Um, But I thought it was interesting because I wanted to read the statement that Pat Foley himself put out because he said, I've had conversations with the Blackhawks about my future and because I cannot guarantee that I would like to continue beyond the length of my contract that ends after next season, they must look ahead. I support and respect their plan to transition the broadcast booth. I mean, obviously, it's not like Pat Foley's going to... I mean. He's kind of on the edge. Maybe he'd come out here and say it as it is, but obviously he's going to say how he has tremendous respect for the organization and is appreciative of all his years here and stuff. I mean, what do you expect a Hall of Famer to to say, you know, exactly what he did? So, tough situation here for Pat. Um, he obviously made that tough comment at the end of the year. Uh, he had a, a tough joke in the preseason of 2019 also about uh, a forward on... Ice Bear in Berlin, it was just just not a, a good comment to make when you're uh, on national television. Then he had that real bad one late in the year where he was talking about if he was in the position that the players were in going through all these COVID protocols and whatnot. It, it was bad. So 
I also think <clears throat> I could be in the minority here, but listening to Pat Foley the last couple of years, you could tell that, especially because he probably wasn't in attendance at the United Center as, as much, you know, and or he wasn't traveling with the team on the road and calling games in arena. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that's not an easy gig to transition to after doing it the same way throughout your 38-year career at that point. At the same time, there were a lot of blunders from Pat Foley this season. Like, I remember one time he said, here comes Lankinen skating up the ice. And it's like, dude, that, that's our goalie. He, he's not going to ever be skating up the ice with the puck. And I just felt like he was saying a lot of guys' names wrong all the time. Um, don't get me wrong. Pat Foley, Hall of Famer, probably my favorite announcer in professional sports aside from Doc Emmerich. Um, but I, I think it just could have been the right time to move on and transition this broadcast booth into someone else. But still, without a doubt, I'm devastated that Pat's not going to be calling games for that much longer. We'll get one last run at Pat. Hopefully, uh, the Blackhawks can give him some, some, uh, a few more magic moments to call in the broadcast booth so we can hear that big save a couple more times, at least in everything else. But, uh, sad that Pat Foley's 39th season with the Chicago Blackhawks will be his final in the broadcast booth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that takes care of the breaking news that came last Wednesday that Pat Foley in 2021-2022 will spend his final season in the Blackhawks broadcast booth. Coming up in just a minute, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like peanut butter, salted caramel, double chocolate, and they now have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just finished up talking about next season being the great Pat Foley's last in the broadcast booth. Moving on now, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. The first question that I wanted to answer today came from at J1882314129. On Twitter. Seems like a nice little burner account there, possibly, Jay. Um, but the question that he asked was Do you think Pat Foley was forced out, or was this his decision to retire? And who is a potential replacement? Thanks. Well, 
so now knowing what you guys do with this question, that's the reason why I read Pat Foley's statement because he obviously said that he kind of made it sound like it was his decision to leave a little bit, and I wouldn't blame him if he decided right now he wanted out with everything that's going on with the Blackhawks organization. They're probably going to be forced to clean house from the start, as they should, but I, I, it's interesting to think think about because actually there were... I, I did see on Twitter that Barstool Chief, the Chicago uh, Blackhawks Barstool guy, also does a bunch of other Chicago sports as well, um, he stated that from multiple different sources, he heard that Pat Foley was forced out of the Blackhawks broadcast booth. And, well, you know, I'm not going to 100% trust what a, a barstool guy hears. You know, it's not always the most reputable source, but they, they do have their sources and they do hear stuff from time to time that is accurate. And with this situation and with the things that transpired with Foley last season or, or really the past couple of years, as I said, made that racially insensitive comment about an ice baron forward a couple preseasons ago. And then he also had that really bad statement he made late in the year about what he would have done if uh, he was in the situation that the players faced this season. Uh, also, just not really being on top of his game in the booth. As I said, he was saying a lot of players' names wrong. Uh, there were just a lot of a lot of miscues from Pat this past this past season. So I honestly would believe a report that the Blackhawks forced him out. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame them for doing that in the same sense because he really has been on that line the last couple of years, making some uh, tough comments and whatnot. I personally tend to agree with this, though. I do think Pat was probably forced out of the Blackhawks booth. Um, at the same time, who knows? Maybe he himself wanted out of there as well, and maybe it was just like uh, a mutual thing that they came came to terms with. It seems like Pat's going to be calling some of the games next season. Probably won't be there for the entire year while the Blackhawks are uh, trying to <clears throat> find his chosen successor, as they put it. Um, obviously, the Blackhawks made statements that they say they had a ton of respect for Pat, as they should. I mean, a Hall of Famer, former multi-time Emmy winner for his work in the booth. You got to be thankful and cherish the memories that we had with Pat Foley. It wouldn't the memories wouldn't be the same for us Blackhawks fans had he not been the one to call them. I will always, always associate his voice with the the golden age. With, um, will you have it? of the Blackhawks when they won three Stanley Cups in six seasons. I will always associate Pat and Eddie in a large part with that team. Um, but I, I personally do think that Pat was probably forced out by the Blackhawks after just the tough couple statements that he's made in the last couple of seasons. And I think they probably realized that it was time to kind of head in another direction and maybe find a potential replacement that could fill in there for, you know, maybe the next 30 years or so, hopefully, if he's solid enough. But as for a potential replacement for Pat Foley, this is where it gets interesting because we're still really early on in the process. This news obviously came out less than a week ago. It dropped last Wednesday. Um, but the couple names that have been tied to the potential replacements for Foley, the first one is, and the probably the, the most regarded one, is John Weidman who has been the Hawks' radio play-by-play -play man since 2006. I mean, a lot of those famous Blackhawks clips that are on YouTube and 
are on Twitter that everyone always reuse in when it's, you know, the year anniversary and whatnot. Um, John Weidman's on a lot of those calls, and he's honestly a tremendous play-by-play guy. I think that's probably 1A for the Blackhawks as a potential replacement is John Weidman. Um, there's also Joseph Z- uh, Zaruski, or Z- Zaruski, I think I pronounced that last name right. I never get it right, but... Um, He's been the Rockford IceHogs radio play-by-play guy the last couple of years, and uh, for a lot of the a lot of the fans that stick with the Blackhawks prospects and watch uh, watch Rockford a lot, say he's really good at his job as well, and he's kind of been an up-and-comer the last few years. And then there's also um, Judd Surratt, who is the Bruins radio play-by-play guy. He was name-dropped in an article by Ben Pope this past weekend. I wasn't really all that familiar with him, but uh, apparently he was uh, a former Hawks pre- and post-game radio host, and he he was mentioned uh, frequently on Wednesday when talking about Foley's replacements as well. So those are kind of the three names that have been tied to taking over for Pat in the next couple years, but obviously, as I said, we're five days into this discussion, so I'm sure a lot of names will uh, pop up in the running with those three as well. The second question I wanted to answer on the show here today was emailed in by Ryan Fernandez, who asked, if the Blackhawks do wind up having to clean house because of this lawsuit, do you think head coach Jeremy Colleton gets grouped in with them? And this is a really interesting question because obviously Jeremy wasn't the coach at the time that all of this took place. This was back in 2010. Joel Quenville was still behind the bench then and would be for another seven years, eight years at that point, I believe. Um, So obviously Jeremy really had nothing to do with this. And I don't even know if he knew anything about it before this lawsuit came out. Uh, I'm not in, you know, the meetings that he's in, so I'm not sure what he knows and what he doesn't. So I don't think that part would get him, you know, um, out with the entire organization. I don't think that would lead to him getting fired. But the one thing I am interested in is if the Blackhawks do clean house, this front office is very much so the reason that Jeremy Colleton is here. And probably a lot of it has to do with their European department as well, because the Blackhawks always seem to be getting prospects from Sweden, uh, the Czech Republic, and a bunch of those leagues over there. Jeremy Colleton is here because this front office chose him to be the successor to, uh, to not Jeremy Colleton, to Joel Quenville. That's the reason that Jeremy Colleton is here. He was handpicked. He was only in Rockford for one year. He did do a good job and led them to the conference finals, which I believe is actually the furthest the organization has ever made it in the playoffs. But he's here because, and he's still here because the organization believes in him. They've made that clear that Jeremy Colleton, after the last couple really haven't been all that great, they're already, they've talked about contract extensions well before the start of this past season. So obviously he's trusted by this group, but if that group, the entire group gets canned, I don't know if the new organization that comes in is going to want to stick with Jeremy Colleton. They could just want to start completely fresh. So I don't think, you know, uh, the lawsuit is going to have to, is going to have uh, an effect on Jeremy Colleton's future here in Chicago. But I do think that, I, I do expect the Blackhawks to pretty much clean house in their front office. And when that happens, I wouldn't be surprised 
if the the new group that comes in wants to just completely start fresh and goes with a new head coach because when you just look at the numbers of things, Jeremy Carlton really hasn't been all that successful in his two and a half, three years from behind the Blackhawks bench. So, um, you know, once more news and once this uh, lawsuit really starts picking up like it should be right now, hopefully it will um, be getting some more coverage and some more talk here in the future. But once that happens, I do think Stan Bowman... um, Al McKissick, those guys, you know, they're going to have a tough situation on their hands, and I think they could be finding themselves without a job, and that could be what leads to Jeremy Colleton no longer being the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks potentially in the future. All right, I think that takes care of our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. Coming up in just a minute, it's time for David Camp's 2021 season recap. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is in the midst of their season. The NBA and NHL playoffs are in their final rounds. UFC is in full swing, 365, 24-7. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with BetOnline. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I just finished up our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment here on the show. Now, before I wrap things up to start the week, we still got to get into 26-year-old forward David Camp's 2021 season recap. So, for Camp this year, which was uh, his fourth season with the Blackhawks, by the way, he suited up in all 56 games, which was really needed by this team because uh, no Jonathan Taze, no Kirby Doc for most of the campaign. So the Blackhawks were really limited down the middle at their center depth. They had Dylan Strome, and then they basically had a bunch of kids. They had Pia Suter, who was a rookie in the NHL. Philip Kurashev played a lot of center. Um... And it was a struggle for the Blackhawks in that department, so it was really big that David Kampf was able to kind of be that fourth-line staple for us in each and every game this season. I will give him credit for his durability throughout his first four years in the NHL. Uh, but in his 56 games played this season, David Kampf had just one goal. One goal scored for David Kampf, and I actually remember he was on like, he didn't score for 13 months, I believe. He was on one of the longest schneids in the NHL. I believe there was actually a time this season where, uh, I don't know if he was number one, but I know for sure he was in the top five in the NHL for 
most shots on goal without finding the back of the net. So, uh, unfortunately, kind of a tough year in that department for David Camp. Only one goal in 56 games played. And in comparison to the past, I mean, you know, he's not an elite goal scorer or anything. He is truly a fourth-line grinder at its truest. Um, but last year in 70 games played, he did have eight goals. And in each of his seasons before that, uh, he had four. So just kind of a, a down year for Camp in that department. And the Blackhawks probably could have used a little bit more production from their fourth line with so many rookies in the lineup night in and night out. That was really uh, one area where they were kind of uh, secure and really kind of had the same line throughout the season for the most part. At least Ryan Carpenter and David Camp were... Um, it, most games, they were they were down there on that fourth line. That They kind of had a rotating winger come in and out. Um, but it, it was tough that Camp wasn't able to find the back of the net more. We'll get into his shooting percentage and, and those numbers in a little bit. But he did add 11 assists in his 56 games played. Uh, and by the way, 56 games played, that's the uh, second lowest for Camp in his, in his four-year NHL career. Obviously, that was affected because of the COVID-shortened season. But just to put it in comparison to the rest of his numbers, 2019-20, Camp had, he played 70 games and he had 8 assists. Then the year prior, in 63 games, he had 15 assists, which was a really solid offensive year for him. And then in 46 games played in his rookie campaign, he only had 7. So, 11 assists in 56 games compared to his previous statistics, those are, that's pretty solid for David Camp. He was adding a little bit more uh, offensively, even though he struggled to find the back of the net. So in total, he finished with 12 points in 56 games played. Probably not as high as the Blackhawks would have liked it, although um, it, it's hard to say that in the future, David Camp is probably going to have this hard of a time finding the back of the net. Knock on wood when I say that. Hopefully he's just not that Calvin DeHaan type of guy. Obviously, it's different as a defender, but Calvin DeHaan scored only one goal in each of his last four NHL seasons. Hopefully, that is not a trend that continues for David Camp as well. In his 56 games played, he did have 20 penalty minutes, which was a career high. There were a couple times where I thought Camp was a little bit too aggressive, especially considering that the Blackhawks' penalty kill was bottom third in the NHL for uh, the majority. So, David Camp being one of our better penalty killers, arguably our best on the roster, probably has to be a little bit smarter in his decisions, especially, again, with a lot of rookies and a lot of young guys being in the lineup. Someone else was going to have to fill in for him there uh, when he would be in the box, and Blackhawks aren't exactly that deep on their roster where uh, they, they can have that luxury of just plugging in another great penalty killer when David Camp is in the box. So he's probably got to be a little bit more conservative in that department going forward. Um, one thing I did want to point out, David Kampf, he wasn't bad at even strength this season. I mean, all his production came at even strength, his one goal and his 11 assists. Um, obviously, he's never going to get power play time, but for him to be putting up these numbers at even strength, you know, not not terrible. I think that is impressive that a fourth line can go out there and uh, get it done, and hopefully the Blackhawks can just get better at that in the future. Hopefully, Kampf 
Carpenter and whoever's going to be alongside them going forward, assuming neither gets taken by Seattle in the upcoming expansion draft. Hopefully, they'll be able to produce a little bit more in the future, and that will help out the Blackhawks as a team. But it's always kind of tough when you have to rely on your fourth line for offense. That's never a good thing. So uh, any offense that they provide really is just a bonus in a sense. And I thought um, David Kampf at even strength this year did, did a fairly solid job of doing so, even though, again, he wasn't able to score any goals at all. And that leads me to our next statistic, which is his 1.6 shooting percentage. Obviously, uh, a career low by a fairly wide margin. I actually, these numbers are kind of interesting. I didn't know David Camp shot 8.9% last season. That's probably why he scored eight goals, uh, eight goals on 90 shots on net. Not bad for your fourth line center. This time around, he only found the back of the net once out of his 63 shots on goal. So, um, those, that's one thing that probably also led to his goal scoring being down. Just not a lot of shots on goal for camp this season. In 63 games in 2018-19, he had 72 shots. And he only had 63 this time around in 56. Um, 90 last year in 70 games, well over one per game. Uh, hopefully, that's something the Blackhawks need to work on as a whole. Just firing the puck on net more because good things happen. As Eddie Olchek says, maybe twice a game. Good things happen when you put the puck on net. As for Camp's time on ice, he did average 14 minutes and 40 seconds per game this year, which is a minute more than his previous... Oh, no, actually, it's not. Just kidding. It's almost a full minute more than his previous career high. 13 minutes and 55 seconds two years ago was Camp's high coming into this season, but uh, got up over that 15-minute mark this year, and I'm sure a lot of that tied into um, him being probably our most defensively responsible center out of the group, and also just because... With all the youngsters in there, we kind of needed to play him more. But it's also kind of weird to see that in his the most ice time he's averaged in his career, he only had 63 shots on goal. That's kind of weird. So need to be a little bit more aggressive in the offensive zone for sure in the future, David Camp. And also what probably led to his time on ice being so high is that he was really the only center that the Blackhawks could trust at the faceoff dot, I believe. Uh, Pia Suter was, I think, 42%. Uh, Philip Kurashev was in the 40s. Kirby Dock was there as well. Same with Dylan Strom. David Kampf was really the only center that could win a faceoff for the Blackhawks this season. He was 52.8%, which is the highest uh, it's been since his rookie season where he was at 53%. He's been above 50 in three of his four seasons now in the NHL. So he's established himself as a trusted faceoff man. Um, probably Jeremy Colleton's go-to guy for a defensive zone draw when Jonathan Taze isn't around, and I'm sure that probably also tied into his average time on ice being so high. So kudos to David Kampf for really taking it up a notch in that department once again this season, I'm sure that's uh, a huge factor into his ice time. You know, if he's able to keep winning faceoffs at that rate, I'm sure that ice time is going to stay right around that 14 to 15 minute mark because Jeremy Colleton and the coaching staff can rely on him so much. Uh, some other things to talk about. This is one that I really wanted to bring up. Nothing really spectacular in terms of blocks or hits. It's actually kind of weird. Only 14 blocks for David Camp in 56 games. I know defensemen usually block more shots than forwards do, but for as much as as much time as he serves on the penalty kill, it's kind of weird to see he only recorded 14 blocks this season, although he's never really uh, been racking them up in that department in the past. And also, 45 hits for David Camp. He was a little bit more physical this season. I think he probably would have... Definitely would have gone on to set his career high in hits had the Blackhawks played a full season. His previous career high 
was 52 that he set last year in his 70 games played. So in 14 less games this time around, Camp only had seven fewer hits than he did in the previous season. So going to assume he would have um, set a new high in that area, which is always great. Need to see more physicality from the Blackhawks forward group. They're not very, not, they don't have much size as a whole, but you don't need to have size to hit in this league. You just got to show that you want to and are a big enough man to get the job done. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about with Camp in particular, though, was his takeaways and giveaways because he had 31 takeaways this season compared to just eight giveaways. He's always been responsible with the puck on his stick. Um, he's only had double-digit giveaways one time in his four-year careers, and he's regularly up in the 30s, so his takeaway-to-giveaway ratio has been nothing short of fantastic. He's been truly a great fourth-line center, and if the Blackhawks are able to get the good pieces around him in the roster, and if this team is able to uh, become a playoff contender once again, having a fourth-line center like David Kampf is it's going to become more and more valuable because when your team's not very good, having a good fourth line or a fourth line center doesn't really do you all that all that all that much. You know, you can only you can't rely on your fourth line to get things done. However, when you can add a strong fourth line to three good good lines ahead of them, then there's really no breaks for the defense, and they still got to focus in at all times of the game, and that's really where a good fourth line can make a good team great, like we've seen in the past with the Blackhawks when uh, Marcus Kruger was at his best, and we had the luxury of having Michael Froelich and Andrew Shaw down there with them. That's what made that Blackhawks team great, is they had that depth, and David Kampf, to me, clearly has shown that he can be a valuable part of a great team. We just need to get the pieces around him. Overall, I was pretty happy with what I saw from David Camp this season. Um, I believe, I'm actually going to look up the voting right now. It was a couple days ago. Um, I believe most Blackhawks fans, at least the ones that voted on this poll, voted to give David Camp a C, which I, I'm going to disagree with. I haven't pulled it up yet. I'm going to give David Camp. What am I going to give him here? I'm going to give David Kampf a B- for his performance in 2021. The offense really wasn't there. He needs to be more aggressive with the puck on his stick. He's shown that he can get close to double-digit goals. He had 8 and 70 games last year. For a fourth liner, the Blackhawks will take that. But they need him to be more aggressive going forward. One goal isn't good enough, David Camp. I know offense isn't your thing, but we can expect more than one goal out of you, man. Come on, you got to give us more than that. But aside from that, um, I thought his defense was really solid. His takeaway to giveaway ratio was tremendous once again. Without a doubt, he was our best faceoff guy, 52.8%. I don't believe the Blackhawks had another center that finished above the 50% mark. So Camp gets an A-plus from me in that one. Uh, he took on a larger role, 14 minutes and 40 seconds, a new career high in time on ice. And I thought he really embraced that. He was, you know, our most... Uh, defensively responsible center without Jonathan Taze in the lineup. I thought he, even though the penalty kill wasn't great, I thought he, he took on that role and embraced it well. So for that reason, I am going to get, for those reasons, I should say, I am going to give David Kampf a B- for his performance in 2021. Yeah, 52% of the voters gave Kampf a C, 25 voted for a B, 20% voted for a D or an F, actually, which I, I really can't believe. A fifth of the voters out there thought Kampf was deserving of a D or an F. And then 
3% came in at an A. I'm not going to go that high. He wasn't great, but for, for what he was, our fourth-line center on a not-so-good not team, I thought Camp was just fine. So I think a, a B-minus is a pretty fair grade for how he performed for the Blackhawks this past season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, June 28th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.